Aloha and welcome to Wisdom Dialogues with Hope Johnson coming from Hawaiian Paradise Park on the beautiful big island of Hawaii. Yay! (laughs) I'm so excited to be here with you. Oh my gosh, what an amazing week again. Oh, wow. Just so many lessons coming up so fast. And, um, and, and, you know, the thing is that I really got tuned into this week too, is every single thing is a lesson. And it's like, we're going through this, this process where, uh, you know, like we have this way of being that's not triggered and then we get a trigger and then our nervous system goes, and it's like hanging out up here somewhere. And, you know, it's like everything is for that, though. And we seem to be afraid of this nervous system getting all afraid, getting all scared, you know, and the the nervous system getting scared. That's what it does. Right. That's what it's programmed to do. We're wired like that. So it's like what we think we perceive through the body's eyes and the body's senses is meant to bring up this kind of fight or flight thing in the nervous system. And in the the reason why it ends up being like basically damaging to our health (laughs) is because we're running from it because we're acting like that could hurt us. And it's not the reaction itself that's harmful to us. It's running away from it that's harmful to us because it's almost like we can't process the residue of it out of our system (laughs) because we're running away from it. So therefore, it's like growing and growing and growing and making us more afraid too. It's making us more afraid of our, you know, well, like uh, what people think of us. That's a freaking fun one. It comes up all the time for all kinds of people. You know, one of my friends was telling me that someone's uh, given him some some shade, some shame, however you want to say it. Um, the idea that you should have done things differently, right? And and it's like it, it's like this thing that we that we get a perception of. It triggers a nervous system reaction. Right. Mm -hmm. So when someone's telling you, hey, you know what? You should have uh, you should have done things differently. Look at how, you know, you get that perception and it's automatically triggering some kind of reaction. And just like to let that reaction be the reaction It's like, oh, thank you. Oh, I'm so glad you told me that so I could see what my reaction is. That's really what it's for. I want to see what my reaction is. I don't want to push it away. I don't want to try to make it right or wrong. I don't want to try to make you right or wrong. I just want to see what my reaction is. And that, and and really, you know, willingness to just have the reaction. There's so much wisdom in that. It's just so simple. Willingness to just have that reaction without trying to run away from it. You know, all the running away has to do with protecting an illusory thing the image the image of ourselves that is made of made of thought and also the body because it seems like it's vulnerable and there's a sense that if other people are pissed at you or they don't see you in the way that you want them to see you that it's a life and death situation that's why it goes into a flight fight or flight mode it's like oh no 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 don't see me like that and then it's like uh and it's like confusing because you're going how do I even, uh, how do I even navigate this? Like, how can I please all the people all the time <laughs> and make sure they don't see me in any kind of negative light? 
right? It's always, it, it, and it's always like that. It's kind of like, it's kind of like we're looking through a lens um, that's, that's full of, uh, it's dirty with our own misperceptions and we're misperceiving a world, even any kind of sickness, anything like that. We're misperceiving a world. It's really interesting. And the, and the misperception is just meant to deceive us so that we are, get caught up in the particulars of the world and we don't stay on path. It's all, it's all set up to be distractions. And also the the distractions are arranged in a way that they're maximally healing. <laughs> so it's like when, when we're ready to feel the effects of what we put into play, then the, the world becomes so loving, right? Even all the chaos that, that arises, it just becomes so loving. And the thoughts that, that we perceive, um, they're not our own thoughts. I was talking with my friend Chayton this weekend and I said, it seems like it's your own thought because it's in your voice. And he goes, yeah, but what is my voice? And I'm like, exactly. (laughs) You know, even the voice itself is an identity thing. You know, we identify that as our voice, right? As our own voice, you know, and the thoughts in the mind seem like they're actually coming from us. And some of those thoughts are really trippy right? They're murderous. They're lustful. They're whatever, whatever, whatever. The thing is the thoughts are not our own. So that's why we don't have to repress them. And, you know, it's this whole thing is going to end in laughter. So we might as well start laughing now at the thoughts that come up, trying to masquerade as if they're meaningful, right? And, and it's us taking them as if they are meaningful that makes us try to repress them. Like, oh, I don't want to know that about myself. It isn't yourself. It isn't yourself. It's everything that you can perceive here is what's not yourself. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, the, the thing is, uh, okay, there's no, there's no other true also Everything that you get a perception of is not you, okay? But it is what you wanted to see. (laughs) That's the difference. It is what you wanted to see. It is not you. It is what you wanted to make of yourself. It is not you, though. That's the thing. So so when when you look at it, you go, okay, I want to see that, you know, good and bad, like, you know, whatever, you know, you you know, that, you know, the difference because, because something that you would consider good feels good. Well, something that you can would consider bad feels bad to you. Okay. Okay. That's what I'm talking about. So it's like, I put all of this into play. Um, One of them is we got a corrupt medical system <laughs> that's telling people to get all these uh, the, all these drugs and different things and shots, and then people are dying right and left. This is what I wanted to see. That's why it's in play, right? So when we're aware that this is what we wanted to see, we're actually in a position for healing because it's because it's only healing of our mind. It's only uh, clearing of our sight. It's only clearing up our vision. And that's why, you know, when, when in the days when Jesus was walking around healing people, apparently healing people, it's not really coming from him. It's coming from grace. Okay. It's not really like that. It's just coming from grace. 
but he was aware that what he's perceiving isn't there right? That's not the truth of things. How could it be possible for someone to have, let's say, a broken leg? Uh, similarly, how can it be possible for someone to say, uh, have, say, a, a damaged heart, right? A physically damaged heart, right? Uh, how can it be possible for someone to have HIV, for instance, right? Uh, but we believe that these things are really occurring. And it's like, I love to get the uh, to get these perceptions because, you know, it's it's repulsive to me, of course. And it should be because because it's not us. It's not it's not speaking to love. Right. And it's and, and you know, knowing that I made it, though, is not having me try to force it outside of myself and making it about other people. <laughs> right. It's just it's just about a confused mind. So it's not it, it's not up to me to uh, get another person to see that their sickness, whatever, is false. It's up to me to just see that for myself because that's uh, that's just naturally extended. You know, there's there's one A Course in Miracles um, lesson, and it's it, it says everyone um, everyone feels it feels the I don't know the exact words everyone feels the effects of the thoughts I believe you probably know which one I'm talking about thank you perfect I love this yes I'm not alone in in experiencing the effects of my thoughts another one I'm not alone in experiencing the effects of my seeing. I love how I can just paraphrase that and you got it right away. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like, um, yeah, I'm not alone in experiencing the effects of my seeing. I made this. One guy asked me today, he goes, how can you, how can you see anything that's not yourself? And I'm like, by listening to the voice of the ego. <laughs> everything I'm seeing is not myself. That's how I got here. And I'm clear about the way out too. (laughs) That's the the whole world. We're getting a perception of a, a world of death and dying, right? And conflict and war and sickness and all this stuff. That's the effects of our seeing and our thinking. And, you know, everyone uh, you know, in a dream is affected by that. They're again, they're going to experience the effects of it, right? That's why that's why it only takes one of us to wake up the whole world. <laughs> and, and 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 you know, here's the other thing: since these dreams are su- subjective, that one of us is every one of us in our own dream. Like we become the Messiah eventually <laughs> of the whole world. <laughs> Each one of us in our own dream. That's how it works. Because because everyone experiencing the effects is only experiencing the effects in our dream. (laughs) It's really wonderful. So speaking of that, I have uh, Elk. I don't know. Elk, Elk, Elky. It's such a cute name. I think you'll tell me how it is. I'm going to allow you to come on here with me. Let's see what I just do. Where'd you go? Oh, you went to the top. I'm asking you to unmute. If you want to, you can. Hey there. Yes. Say the name. Uh, Elka. Elka. So fun. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Nice to speak with you. 
Oh, it's so nice to speak with you too. Well, Elka wrote me today and, you know, she's going through, through some stuff kind of like what I did. Cause you know, she's got a kid and she feels like she's like lashing out at this kid, the sweet kid, right. When she's getting stressed out and stuff. Um, and she, she wrote me, so I'll just, re- I'll just read what she wrote first. Let's see. Where the heck did it go? Oh, here it is. It's a long one. Okay. Today I let my consciousness slash Satan. Okay, great. Kick my ass and kick my son's ass through me because I started feeling disrespected. That's, that's a good one. I like that one. Not listened to like I take care of others, anticipate their needs, but I don't get nourished. In fact, I get, I get my time and energy wasted and it get and I get depleted. Mm -hmm. Then I get upset that I'm apparently being an asshole, even emotionally abusive to my sweet son. I get mad that my super aggressive, angry, controlling, and awesome mom shamed me (laughs) while I was parenting him. And then I turned out stressed and angry too. (laughs) I get tender that I emotionally care took people when I was little. Same story as mine. It's like, why am I still doing this? Um, Always striving to be a good girl and make things harmonious. Now I know that this is that 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 is to be applied to my own consciousness but i still perceive myself getting mad dad hurt out of controlling uh, out of control spewing satan density sort of a hodgepodge <laughs> yeah and then she said it's like karma satan my murderous thoughts start compounding through time my lifetime my family history generations etc Closing in on me as I try to awaken. Yep. I know. Similar. I have a similar story too. And you know what? It's like with your son. And you said your son said something too. How old is your son? He's 11. Okay. So he said, he he said, wait until you talk to Hopi Johnny. What's that? Oh, I was typing to you and he saw that I was typing. He's like, wait, you talk to Hopi Johnny? (laughs) Oh, Johnson. I get it. Yeah. Hope Johnson. Johnson, But you said Hope Johnny. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, you know what? You know, what was super helpful for me with that is just to let the the child know that that was not about you. Like as soon as I, I, I come to from that, you know, shaming, lashing out, anything like that just to be honest with honest with them that was not about you i was just going through something you know and 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 just like just just real honest like that and you know all the shaming that's coming from your mind and stuff like that it it's like it gets washed away with that too because you demonstrate that you just kind of like had a lapse in consciousness it's not like you're guilty you see what i mean yeah so did you talk to your son at all about it oh yeah we I talked to him. I, I pretty much, that's what I do when it happens. What you described. Mm-hmm. Because and, and I, the that. crazy part is that afterwards, after we had both like come around the other side, like all the thoughts and you know, what was really interesting hope is that in my mailbox this morning, I had signed up for the course of miracle lessons. And that was the one that was in the mailbox this morning. Oh yeah. So while I, while this was going on, I was thinking like, you are not the only one who's affected by your meaningless thoughts. Oh my goodness. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. 
<laughs> yep. Yeah. And you could see that because you get the reflection right away, right? Yep. Yeah. And you can see that he's hurt. Yeah. It's like I spent all this. Uh, I just, I feel like my energy got this. I don't, this is a perception. I know this, but that my energy yeah. got depleted through my life of trying to please people and like getting beaten down. And now that I have a sweet little son, like when I feel disrespect by him, then I lash out at him in all those ways that I've like stored up being depleted by. And then, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you just apply the forgiveness to it over and over again and noticing that that's a, that's just the ego talking and letting yourself off the hook super fast. See the, the idea that, Oh God, I fucked up again. Right. You can't screw it up. You cannot screw it up. You don't get it wrong. All that, all that happens is you need a, you need a correction. The reason you don't get it wrong is because nothing's happening. So you're perceiving, even perceiving that your son is being hurt by the thing. Um, and that's only occurring in a dream. So he's experiencing the effects of your thinking in a dream and everything is working together so that you can wake up. So a gratitude toward the sun comes in to play right there in a big way. It's like, thank you for going through this with me. Yeah, I do. I have huge gratitude to him. Yeah. Sure. yeah, I'm sure he knows too. Yeah. Yeah. How does he take it? How does it, how does he take it in the moment when you're going off? Um. Well, at first I just want to be listened to and I don't feel listened to because he's not hyper vigilant in the same way that I was, that I was like always listening to people. Oh, good. So at first he's like, not like quite listening to me to the degree that I think it would be good based on what I did. Right. And then, um, how does he act when I'm going off? He just, he knows already. He knows exactly. He tells me exactly. Right. <laughs> That's yeah. perfect. Yes. Yeah. And he knows that it, that it's just an illusion with you. That is wonderful. So that's, that's the effect of, that's the effect of your learning coming back to kind of like help you through the illusion when the people in your surroundings help you out with that. I've got that going too. You know, I was talking about last week, how, you know, when, when my mind is really uh, focused on illusion and I'm feeling bad and shitty and stuff, I go and talk with to my husband about it because he doesn't buy into my bullshit. <laughs> he just goes, <laughs> yeah. well, it sounds like you could use a break from those thoughts or something like that. You know, just like really lovingly too. You know, it's not like trying to show each other up or anything, just like really lovingly. Well, sounds like, you know, you could really use a break from those thoughts, you know, and it, and, and that kind of, and it shows me it's funny because I'll just get over it. And then, and then he'll even go, Hey, maybe we could take care of that problem that you're having like that. It's like, you know, it's not really a problem anymore. I'm over it. (laughs) Right. It's not really a thing for me anymore. And, and, you know, that's what keeps us seeking too in the world is believing that there actually is a problem. Like, Oh my gosh, I need, I need some help and some help from the world. So, you know, we'll look toward drugs or, um, you know, medical drugs, recreational drugs, whatever, um, to try to get us some help or, or just feeling like it's hopeless for us. I can't, I can't get out of my patterning. I know that 
um, this would be the uh, the way that would feel good to handle the situation where I feel like I'm depleted, but I can't do it. And that's a, and, and, you know, in a way that's true. You can't based on your conditioning, but the thing is you have the ability to choose. You have the ability to choose between love and fear. And, and as you choose love more and more, the conditioning automatically works itself out. So for a time, you're going to be seeing the old conditioning coming up to try to hook you just into, I suck, I can't do this. Because if you decide you can't do this, then for the rest of the lifetime, it's going to be like you can't do this because it's your it's your decision. Right. And, and and you know, as long as you hang on to that decision for the rest of the lifetime, it'll be like that. I mean, of course, at any time you can change your mind and then it's not like that anymore. And then you're back on the and then, you're, you know, you're back on like the straight path. You're always on the path, but sometimes you get segued off. OK, there's like these said these segues that come up where you go uh, off off of it and you could feel it because it feels weird. It's like you're not um, it, it's like you're not nourished, for instance. So when you're getting the sense that you're not nourished enough, that's because your thinking was misdirected. All right. So, it, so immediately when it seems like, you know, this kid should be listening to me, um, or it seems like I am not taking care of myself because I'm t- taking care of other people, the lack of nourishment that you're perceiving is the effect of having gone off on one of those mental tangents. That's all it is. And that's how you always know. Okay. Cause when, when there's lack of clarity, any kind of confusion, uh, any, any sickness, anything like that, that's where you went. No. Okay. I went off on a segue. You just come back. That's all. It's not like a guilty thing and you don't even have to figure it out. All you have to do is know uh, or be willing to see, be willing to know that you need to be corrected, like your course needs to be corrected. You don't need to be corrected in the sense like you need to get your ass kicked or something (laughs) or you need some kind of punishment. It's not like that. Um, In fact, that's a common thing to, to confuse correction with punishment. That's why we have prisons, right? It's conf- it's a confusion. Uh, it's like a, the mind needs correction. How does the ego look at look look at that? They need to be imprisoned, or they need if they're a kid, maybe they need to get their ass kicked. Maybe they need to be um, even if they're an adult, they need to get their ass kicked. <laughs> they need to go in timeout, or you know something. You know they need to get some kind of financial penalty, right? And that's how the world corrects people. So uh, and and that's the thing. Um, Elka, just not lashing out at yourself, see? Uh, and 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 that's what occurs after you perceive yourself lashing out at someone else. What happens? It get it gets turned back on yourself for not being that person. And and believe me, I know how hard it is because when I find myself doing something that is that you know, is kind of like, I would think out of character or not in alignment with, with the truth. Um, that's the most difficult part is where it's coming back around telling you that you screwed up. Oh my gosh, yeah. I made a mistake. Yeah. Cause like I've perceived other people, like he's the most important in my perception sure. of how I want to be in alignment when I act with him. Yeah, well, you know, that's perfect, too, because it shows you uh, it it shows you your commitment and kind of like 
how you're doing with it, right? And and so and so when it comes up, only turn the chat the chat on for you guys. When it comes up, like um, you've done it wrong, that is that opportunity to show him right there, right? That is that opportunity to demonstrate to him right there at that point in time that you're forgiven and that was meaningless. See, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's that's really where it is. Oh, thank goodness that was just meaningless. And and that's where it, you know something like that has no effects. Do you see how when you take it as if I am doing it wrong, right? And in the doing in in the doing of it, the lashing out, it's perfect because it's just reflecting how you're thinking, right? And yeah. the thinking is what needs to be corrected. So the yeah. doing itself, that lashing out, that's a blessing. Right. And it's it's like it may seem, you know, you get you may get a perception that someone's hurt right away and stuff like that. And, you know, them experiencing the effects of your thinking. But that's only for getting the mind corrected. So so in that sense, it's perfect. It's like even perceiving that, you know, you're they're going through it because of it. Someone's going through it because of it even getting that perception, how would you know and how would you be motivated to get correction if you didn't see something like that, right? Whoa, okay, hold on a second. Very loud. What is it? Yeah. Usually doesn't go too long. Not that hard. Are you feeling it? Me too. Not rain. Really raining hard. Elka, can you hear me when I speak normal? Yeah, on Zoom, it cuts out the rain. We I, we can't hear the rain. Okay. Oh, they cuts off the rain? Yep. Oh, good. Okay, I can just keep talking through it. Then. Yeah, it's just normal on our end, I think. Oh, okay. It's just us. I have to talk louder for the people who are sitting in front of me, but the technology, I guess, is cutting out the rain. (laughs) Oh, well. Yeah. One, and, and one way to tell that your mind is, your mind has gone astray and needs correction is just to watch the reaction and not, and not just, and not just their reaction, but your reaction to their reaction. It's very telling. Yes. <laughs> so when it yeah. seems like, yeah, I got you turned all the way up and can barely hear you. <laughs> so when it seems like there's, <laughs> when it seems like there's a problem, it's always a blessing because it's presenting a solution. Right. 
And it's so simple. It's just so simple because the ego kind of like wraps around any kind of situation that you find yourself in and tries to make you guilty. That's always the case. And the other thing is, whenever you're projecting, can you guys hear me okay? Okay. Whenever you're projecting that someone else is doing something wrong, you feel the effects of that projection, right? And, and the fun thing, the fun thing is, is this, and something that I've perceived in my own experience is where someone might take something that I said as if it's a judgment, right? But in myself, I don't feel that. I don't, I don't even feel as if them taking it as if I'm judgmental has anything to do with me. Because it didn't, that's how I know, that's how I know in my mind and that it didn't, it didn't come from that place. And you know how I know that I'm not thinking in that way because the first effect of thinking is feeling. So there's gonna be an upset feeling. And that also tells me how I, when I'm think, when I am thinking in that way, even if someone doesn't reflect to me that I'm in judgment, okay? So, so let's say, let, let's say I issue forth a judgment to try to get someone to behave a certain way, right? And they don't reflect to me that I'm falsely judging them or anything like that. They just take it as, oh, I better behave better, right? I could still tell that I was in judgment because I'm fearful of being judged in the very same way. That's how I can tell. Likewise, I can tell when I wasn't coming forth in judgment, even when someone's reflecting to me that I was judging them because I have no, uh, I have no fear. I have no fear of them perceiving me that way, right? So there's no upset feeling in reaction to them per- perceiving me that way. You're upset feeling. And, you know, you, you, you might think you can hide it from other people, but the mind is just one, okay? It's all shared. Um, you might think that you can hide it from other people and it might appear that you can hide, hide it from other people. But the thing is, it goes back to that one. Everyone is affected by my thinking, right? Everyone is affected by this. So, uh, so, so they know, uh, maybe not on the surface, maybe not on what they're demonstrating to you, but there's a part of them that also knows that you were in judgment. They know, you know, that's the most important thing that, you know, you're aware of how you're feeling. Okay. You're not trying to act stoic. You're aware of how you're feeling. It's like, oh yeah. Okay. I feel that, you know, in being aware. So that was something too, that was like brought to my attention this week in a really fun way. Cause I did a post on Facebook. I, I did a post on Facebook. Let me read it. Cause I always forget these things. It's fun. Uh, and it was, here it is. I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> we came out and gave me a really good laugh. <laughs> so I, I put, apparently you can pay around 5,000 to a spiritual coach, quote, spiritual coach. If you want to learn how to chase pleasure and desire, manifest illusions or confuse manipulation for intimacy. But the, but the teaching, I know it's hardcore, but the teachings that lead to release from the cycle of birth and death 
are always freely given and freely received. That's a really important aspect we'll get to. Join me live Mondays. Thank you for joining. <laughs> if you want to send me 5,000 bucks, that's okay with me, you know, <laughs> but it's not going to help you claim your inheritance any faster. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I welcome that. I, I'll give you, I'll give you my uh, cash app anytime. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, uh, a couple people took that as if it's a judgment against whatever other people are doing, right? Something like that. And the thing is, you know, for me, when it issues, when it issues forth and it comes up in my mind, I'm not thinking that anyone is separate from me. <laughs> for one thing, it, I'm 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 laughing at and noticing the human tendency to want to invest in meaningless things. Okay. And, and here, here are some meaningless things. You know, I pointed them out in, in my post here. Um, one of them is chasing pleasure and desire. Now, this is a really big thing that's going on. Uh, apparently, in my mind, I projected it there because I wanted to see it there. <laughs> I wanted to see it that way as if, it's a, as if it's there outside of myself. You know, it's not like, though, we can't laugh about these things. It's not about people. It's not about what anyone is doing. It's all just perceptions. And it helps us to see, and especially helps us to see in a spirit of lightness and laughter. So the idea that uh, something has gone wrong because I'm not chasing my pleasures and desires. Well, you know, <laughs> the answer is, to, is not to learn how to chase your pleasures and desires better. It, that is <laughs> right. It's like, I, I know, I know there's conditioning. Okay. There's conditioning that says, um, that says that the pleasures and desires, they're bad. So you can't have them. All right. Or, or, uh, I don't want to think about that desire, whatever that desire might be. Let's say, uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm a rich bitch. I got a million dollars. Okay. Whatever. Uh, it's like the pleasure and desire that you think you want, you don't know what you want. You don't even know what it is. You don't even know what it is. That's the important thing. You, you, you know, we don't know what we're looking at here. Uh, every, every desire that comes up is only a reflection of, de of the desire to abolish perceiving altogether. And the ego is deathly fucking afraid of that. Okay. So all these other desires that pop up, like the desire to have more quote intimacy, which is really being confused. Um, you know, it, it, the desire to have uh, the de desire to have, uh, uh, fame recognition, a certain kind of expression, something like that. I want to re I want to express even, I want to express more freely, right? All the desires are distractions. Okay, they're uh, they're underwritten by the ego's fear of the desire to abolish all perceiving. That's the desire that God put in your mind as an answer to to erecting this ego to guide you. Okay, so the ego is the guide you made, right? And and in answer to that, God put this other guide in your mind who is, then this guide is underlying, uh, underwritten with the desire to abolish all illusions. 
Okay. So to the, to abolish this perceiver number one and the perceived, which are the same. Okay. So we're super attached to the perceiver and the perceived, right? It's that's like it's baby. Okay. <laughs> even, you know, even like I said earlier, the sound of your voice, the sound of what you think is your voice. It's not even yours. You know, when we hear voices, we're making up even the, even the the way they seem to be. We're projecting that they're not they're not anything. We don't have a voice that you you can hear like that. It's not like that. But in our minds, that voice comes up and projects a certain way. It's like I just want more money, for instance. I just want better connection with people for instance. Okay. And, and, you know, you know, wanting better connection with people, whether that's physically like a sexual connection or, um, you know, thinking that you want intimacy with another person. Uh, uh, Look at this. When you're thinking you want intimacy with another person, what you want is to stay guarded and you want them to be intimate with you. (laughs) You want want them to be all (laughs) intimate. What you want is just to be guarded because, you know, True intimacy is the willingness to open up to the idea, uh, the truth, the idea that's given to you in truth by your good guide. Yes, there is a good guide, one guide that's correct and one guide that's incorrect. Yes. Kaimalino saying the Holy Spirit. Yes, that that is. Yes, that's that is one uh, one uh, name you can use for the good guide if it resonates with you right? The good guide, the one that's correct, actually. Okay. The other guide is incorrect. The other guide is trying to convince you that your illusions are true and that your desires are meaningful. Okay. So still, yes, yes, there is nothing wrong with paying $5,000 to a person to get them to show you how to get better at manifesting your desires. You know why? Because that's what you want to do. That's what seems to be occurring. That's maximally healing. Okay. Uh, and, and in noticing the tendency to go for manifesting these desires, you'll start to see how it's not really going anywhere. It's leading to death. And that's why Jesus said the wages of sin is death. So basically sin is missing the mark. That's all it is. It's missing the mark. It's like thinking, okay, this is what I need. What I really need is more connection with people, for instance, or what I really need is more money or what I really need is less sickness, let's say. Okay. Even that, even in that, you know, it's like, uh, you know, you get the sense that you've got a infirm or sick body or something like that. Even that is for teaching. It's for teaching. And so, and so it's like, why would you have it change from what it seems to be? Right. It's like when the, when the mind is, when the mind is healed of all illusions, you'll see that there was no kind of body that could get sick. There was nothing like that. So it's just showing you how the mind has gone astray so that you can bring it back. Look, it's always going astray. It's okay. It's okay. Right. And the other thing is there's not as much, uh, there's not as much of an incentive um, in the ego's world, or maybe no incentive at all in the ego's world to actually listen 
to the teaching that would abolish perceiving. Okay. Because that's losing everything that you made, uh, you know, to the ego, that's annihilation. That's death, right? Is losing everything that you made. So it's just kind of funny how we go off on these little segues, right? And it's like, and it's like, you feel like you're making an investment. When you make an investment, you feel like you're going to get something of value out of it. Any investment you make in the world, no matter what, you can only get back empty, it's something empty, okay? It's leading toward death. That's the thing. It's misguided if you think that it's going to lead toward anything that you actually want or anything that will actually satisfy you. And, you know, people get misguided for a really long time too. You know, uh, it, it, you know the, the sense that, okay, now I really got what I want. I'm living my dream. And, you know, a, a lot of people go through life like that because that's what they want right? They, that's what they want. They want to go through life. Like it's all cozy and it gives you, and, and life is giving me everything I wanted. I'm accumulating all these bodies for sex. You know, they're calling them kills, you know, <laughs> you know, it's, you, you know, in, in college, apparently it, you know, I've got one, uh, one child who's a college student and he told me, um, it's a, it's basically a slut culture. It's a slut culture. Right. Uh, so, so it's like, he's, he's like, wow. It's like, yeah, these chicks, they'll just, they'll just go for it. Yeah. It's basically like that. And, you know, it's like, at first you're like, oh yeah, this is freaking cool. Yeah. People are just putting out and stuff like that. And that's great because you go through it and you play it out. You play that out and you realize, oh, that's leading nowhere. That's leading toward emptiness. Oh, no wonder. Okay, now I see why, you know, in traditional religious training, they're saying, hey, we like marriage, we like fidelity, because that way, all of these sexual impulses that are coming up, they can be kind of like in a container, and they're not distracting you so much, okay? Because all that stuff, it, it, it becomes a real distraction. Ask a kid who's in college, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're trying to focus on their studies, right? And there's all this, and there's all this stuff going on. There's just all these things, right? And it's not like there's not emotions at play with this. And, you know, these emotions, they're chaotic, right? People are, are like into like getting their feelings heard and, um, you know, yeah, well, you did it with me like that, but it wasn't really like that how it should should have been. And, you know, whenever you get engaged like that, all these different emotions and all these different this different activity starts coming up. So, you know, uh, for my son, he's, he saw really quick. He's like, oh, well, OK, well, that's not really I can actually stop there. I've had like 10 kills. I can stop at 10. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as, you know, in the video game of of, uh, you know, guys in college and stuff in that video game, you know, I have way less kills than most people, but I can just stop there. It's all good. <laughs> But, but, you know, this is this is set, set up in the culture and it's even, you know, in spirituality, too. There's a sense like, um, you know, one one boy asked me, I call him a boy because because, uh, you know, he's like in his 20s or something. I guess that's a man, though. Huh? He's probably got hair in his balls. So he he asked me, he's like, he's like, isn't it isn't it the most spiritual to um, be in a relationship and then and then be in an open relationship where you're both having sex with other people. And I go, well, you know what? Actually, uh, actually, that's a that that's like a, a deceitful kind of device to make people distracted. 
right? It's to get people to be distracted and it's working. It's working really well. Okay. Now, one of the things that you could pay a $5,000 for around, I'm just throwing out that number randomly. I heard it's much more than that. <laughs> <It's> more, <laughs> it is to learn how to get all that sexual interaction as to learn how to have a partner and be in an open relationship with like that. And to learn, you know, basically to learn how to distract yourself. Right. And, and, and it's, and again, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Like if you're drawn to that, uh, you play it out. Shit. Uh, you're going to see that that delay is useless, but you need to play it out. Right. You need, you, you know, you know, you, you even need to pay the money for it. <laughs> That's the deal. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and you know and 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 it's also and it's also fun to notice these tendencies within ourselves that's just how it is um we have these kind of tendencies it's like a it's like you know they call it a kill right now in college um but it's it's like some kind of a, a, a some kind of an attainment you know it's a, it's like and and uh it's also set up it's also programmed for women to feel good when someone wants them sexually for to get like an ego boost from that when someone's like oh mm, oh yeah baby yeah i know because i've been programmed like that for most of my life oh my gosh i i would like i i have a memory of me being in like i think it was maybe elementary school at the most junior high and all i could think about is how everyone is looking at me and thinking about my body and you know that's just programming so i'm i'm standing there and i'm like thinking about how i'm standing and i'm kind of like pushing my butt out a little bit, you know, and just the, just the thoughts that occur to you. It's like so wild. And it's like, and, and, and you know, it's actually disrespectful to be in a, in, you know, and it's, it's disrespectful really to yourself to idolize a body, uh, you know, to, to project a body like that as if that thing is what is meaningful. Uh, Chaitin uh, said it like um, making everyone into a bag of boobs, <laughs> making all the women into a bag of boobs. There goes another bag of boobs. And it's like, do you want to be a bag of boobs? <laughs> I mean, I'm not one who prefers to be a bag of boobs anymore, but I was programmed like that. Like that was where my value was, was to be a bag of boobs. And I got tiny boobs. So it became a bag of ass. <laughs> right <laughs> that'll work too right <laughs> bag of balls if you're if you're if you're a chick and that's happening for you or you're a gay dude <laughs> bag of hairy ass <laughs> right <laughs> and you know again it's not wrong to be promiscuous 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 it's not wrong to be salacious or lustful. It's just notice the tendency, right? Notice the tendency. That is a distraction. This attraction that you seem to have for another person is actually for learning something, okay? Uh, and, and you know, of course, you could still learn the lesson if you're going to be engaging with them sexually. It's just a distraction, your mind going in those in those directions, toward the physical 
That's a distracting thing. And it's a distraction that needs to be played out. And that's one thing I love about Puna. The peeps are playing it out <laughs> in a big way. It's really fun. It, you know, there's just the assumption that that people that, that people are automatically uh, polysexual. I'm calling it polysexual because uh, you know I know it's called I know it's uh, commonly called polyamorous. But you know, if a more means love, and you know, in my mind, it's like that. Uh, if a more means love, it's not really poly love; it's polysexual, right? So, it, so like that. There's the people just automatically assume that you're poly polysexual because why else would you be talking to me, right? Why else? Why else? I, I got to be getting something out of this, right? I must want to fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah especially a guy right going around all loving it's like you know and I asked I asked my husband Tony about that because you know if you saw my post about um about uh, something about me and my husband and stuff like that it was recent if you saw that post um you know he he never he never knows about these things he doesn't know about the post <laughs> So we're over there at the farmer's market together and, and a friend comes up and she tries to talk about the post and he's just like, what? He's like, I don't know shit. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. And so then I read it to my husband. I go, you want to know what she was talking about? He's like, I'm not sure. He gets nervous. For some reason, he he gets the impression that I might be talking some shit on him or something. I don't think I ever do, but uh, who knows? <laughs> but he gets nervous. I'm like, I think you might like to hear this one. I'll I'll I'll, I'll uh, read it here just because I like to have it recorded too. Uh, let's see if I can get back to my page here. And I liked it. It was really fun. Anne hasn't heard it yet. And who knows if Leia has. Have you heard it, Leia? I, I read it on Telegram. You read it on Telegram. Okay. As one who's apparently married to a physically attractive man, I'm not threatened by anyone's sexual advances toward him. My husband is certain of what works for him. He loves all people, but he doesn't pursue or respond to anyone else sexually. It's part of what makes me admire him, and it's the least of which I require to feel that my betrothal to him is worthy of me. Some of my friends like to assure me that they would never pursue my man sexually out of respect for me. I let them know to please feel free, even, <laughs> even if they seem to be more beautiful and or younger than me, which is very common nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> And I love Anne's reaction to me when I say shit like that. <laughs> I'm certain that it would be helpful for them to experience his response. Plus, I enjoy the entertainment. <laughs> if amour means love, it could be said that we're both polyamorous, but not polysexual. Truly, sex has nothing to do with love. However, sex is heavily promoted in the ego's world as a form of love, and even as love itself. Polysexuality, commonly named polyamory, is also commonly promoted, especially by those who identify with it, as a symbol of spiritual advancement. Yet, the call to salaciousness and promiscuity can only come from the ego. It's meant to confuse minds and distract them from recognizing their own need for salvation. 
those who have been listening to the ego's voice are like travelers who are lost in a desert, unable to recognize that they're thirsty and they need to leave. (laughs) Traditional religion wisely promotes marriage and fidelity as a means to channel sexual impulses in a way that minimizes distraction from the path of spiritual attainment. It's also meant to provide a stable foundation for growing children. As for myself, I have no interest in pursuing any body for sexual connection. Bodies cannot really connect. That's right. They don't really connect. The penis in the vagina, let's say, for instance, there's no, they're not even touching. It's a freaking trip. It's friction. (laughs) It's like, there's always space. There's always space because these bodies are not real. They can't connect. They can't go into each other. It just looks like that, okay? So bodies cannot really connect. And the sense of relief that can be released, that can be achieved through physical friction makes a very poor substitute for our ecstatic reality, okay? Still, I find myself responding joyfully to my husband. It's not like it's a bad thing. I'm so, uh, you know, and, and here's the thing. I'm so glad that, uh, that I don't need it. I know I don't need it because if I don't find myself in a situation where it feels really, uh, it it feels really, um, non-distracting. I don't know what the word for that is not distracting feels not distraction, distracting. I'm not interested. I'm actually not interested. In this case, in the situation I seem to find myself in, it's not better or worse than anything else, then I can say, yes, let's get it on. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. you want to get meaningless? Yeah, let's let's fucking get meaningless for a minute, right? Oh, it's a little longer than a minute. (laughs) You might consider that talking some shit. (laughs) Sex is a meaningless act, okay? I don't care how long it goes on, all right? It's a meaningless act. Um, And yet our mutual loyalty, fidelity, and devotion make it possible for us to enjoy sexual expressions without propagating mental retardation. Okay. What is mental retardation? We know what mental retardation is. It's basically avoidance of what you need to see. Okay. We retard ourselves. Okay. And this is one, one way that we retard ourselves by getting tripped up on accumulating bodies for any, uh, for any purpose. Like the only purpose of, of having a body and perceiving a body is for awakening the mind. When we would use them for that purpose, then we could see right away whether anything, uh, whether anything is distracting us, right? So when, when people ask me around Puna, like, Hey, Hope, you know, like, Hey, do you want to, uh, uh, one of them is, can I service, service the goddess? And I'm like, Oh, yeah, no, that, that, hey, I'm really grateful that that perception is, uh, or that, that that's, that's available. <laughs> 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 and you know, thank you so much. Um, and and you know, there's just like there's just really no um call toward it. And and so so, anyways, I read this to my husband and um and his feedback was really interesting to me. He he said, he said, Yeah, it's like when someone um is 
hitting on me. I think that's the way he put it or looking to me for some kind of sexual or get, getting sexual with me or something like that. To me, it's kind of like an insult. It's like, it's like, you don't, it's like, it's, it's kind of like, you, you don't respect me, but you know, what it, what it feels like, you know, from his perspective and, you know, from the, the way that, that we're taught and the way that we're, we're conditioned, that's supposed to be like a, like a compliment. Hey, I want, one guy actually came right out and told me, I want to fuck you just like that. And I just like, couldn't help but laugh my motherfucking ass off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and 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 uh, and he's and he's looking at me and i'm just like oh i just i just love that thank you <laughs> i just love it um but it, but you know it's it's funny and it's it's funny that it's it's uh it's put out there as if that's a compliment Right. And for and for for much of my life, I was actually conditioned to take that as a compliment. And I'm sure a lot of people are still conditioned to take that as a compliment. Um, my husband has always been a little bit different, a little bit off seemingly, but different. And in, in a way that it's like, really like, whoa, that's like really interesting. You know, um, like usually, uh, uh, you know, a, a woman who's like, I call it salaciousness where, you know, you're just kind of like, Ooh, how, who can I get to like jump on this? <laughs> who can I get to jump on this thing? You know, and, and the, the boobs are up and out and we're, you know, working it right like that. So, you know, he's, he he's had a he's he has a like a salacious woman coming on to him and he just really doesn't get a, doesn't get an ego boost from that at all and that's what you know when i was younger i was like whoa what is up with this dude like he just i could see it he does not get an ego boost from it, it he just will automatically put his arm around me and be like come on babe let's go over here and it's not like he it's not like he'll put the other person down or tell them that they shouldn't be doing that or anything but you can just tell by his body language and the way he's acting he's like oh i don't i don't want to go in that's not for me right Puniverse, uh, let's see, Hope B, let's see, Puniverse, gotta love witnessing the show. I appreciate your perspectives and sharings. Thank you. I appreciate you too, Hope. It's awesome. <laughs> I know, isn't she so sweet? <laughs> I know. Uh, and, and and that's the thing, knowing that it's all my own mind it really makes me appreciate the Puniverse too. And certainly, you know, I'm not like interested in putting anyone down for whatever they're playing out yeah. and stuff like that. I just love to use whatever I'm perceiving to, you know, to show, Hey, this is our tendencies. This is what we go towards when we're not paying attention. And, you know, if the goal here is to collapse time, then, you know, these are the kinds of things we need to see. We need to notice our tendencies and, and, and recognize, okay, there's a way out of this. There's another way we don't have to keep on playing the things. So back to what Jesus was saying, the wages of sin is death. Uh, but the gift of God is eternal life. Okay. Uh, so, so it's like, the wages of sin is like what you're getting paid for, what you're getting paid for in sinning, missing the mark, going off on tangents, trying to get something from the world as if your treasure is in this world. It's all leading toward death. That's why it leads to an upset feeling. 
Okay. That's why, that's why it goes through, goes to an upset feeling. So whenever you're struggling with an upset feeling, it's like, just come back to yourself and don't try to double down on the stupidity and try to seek more for more outside of yourself. For instance, another body. So this is something you can do with polysexuality. If you're practicing polysexuality, you know, you, you get, uh, you get your, um, you get your, upset feeling and think it's about one partner, you can always just go get another one, right? To replace that. This is how we can distract ourselves really easily. It's much more difficult because of the, you know, the egos games, the games the egos play is to persevere. You know, I'm not saying that you have to stay with someone, but to just persevere through the feeling itself, through that upset feeling itself. See, it's so it's so easy in this society. And I really feel like this polysexuality is an offshoot of the divorce culture. Right. That, that, you know, that's that's a thing, too. Like where most marriages are just ending in divorce. Right. They're just going to divorce because there's this selfishness that naturally comes up when you're associated with an ego. And it's like, I have these needs that are not being met by you. Right. You actually have no needs in the world. So putting it on your partner to meet the needs. And then there's a sense that, okay, so one person can't meet all my needs. So then I'll have more people. Well, you know, as long as you think you have needs, there's not enough fucking people in the world to satisfy them. <laughs> like, you know, there, there's not enough kills that you can do. <laughs> and parking your way to discarnation will not save time. Right. Right. In case someone didn't hear Kaimalino, he said, fucking your way to disincarnation is not going to save time. Okay. <laughs> it's not going to help. It's just a matter of um, noticing how you're distracting yourself now, these different ways. Okay. So back to those distractions. Uh, let's see. Okay. Intimacy. That's a big one. Okay. That's another one um, where it's come into my perception that you can pay around $5,000, probably more <laughs> to learn how to be intimate. Okay. And this is not, it, this is not intimacy. It's actually manipulation. When you're psychoanalyzing the person to try to get what you want out of the out out of that person that is actually manipulation it's not what you want it's not what you want and, and here's something i can speak to just because i've been with the same person for a super long time so i could see how it plays out right i used to think that i wanted something different out of him okay i used to think that i wanted something different for him to be a different way right and you know he's always been such a sweetie to me that he just go okay let me try to do it that way for you. Oh, is that what you want? Okay, I'll do it that way for you. And then it's and then and then it gets to a point where what am I fucking doing? I, but it, but it's because I keep on getting what I think I want. I don't know what I want. I'm confused. But I keep on thinking I'm getting what I think I want out of him. And guess what? I'm still not fucking satisfied. Mm-hmm. Right? So then I realize how about if I just let him be himself? Why, why not just let him be how he is? 
you know, instead of trying to manage like how he's going to be. Now, that's not that that's not to say that there might not be a time where something comes up where I could tell that he's holding something against me. And I'm like, hey, bro, you can't hold that against me and expect me to hang around. <laughs> that's not going to happen. <laughs> you know, you can't you can't hold a dagger at my back. You know, and, and a lot of the times this is, and, and especially with my sweetie, he doesn't know a lot of the times that that's what's going on. Um, but man, he gets over it fast too. He gets over it so fast. He's like, oh shit, no, you're perfect. We'll even joke around, right? We'll even joke around about it. Like after the fact, like a week after or something, in this case, this example I'm about to give you, it's like a week after or something. And I've got, um, you know, I've got a big bottle of Hawaiian sandalwoods because I sell essential oil, miraclesbotanicals.com. All right. In case you want some good <laughs> essential oils, really. Um, so, so there's this big bottle of sandalwood, right? Hawaiian sandalwood. And I got the cap like halfway on and halfway off. And he sees it and immediately gets a reaction because he's like, holy shit, this stuff costs so much money. What's the hat caps like halfway on the thing? And and he immediately gets and and it's a sense like I did something wrong. Right. And then he's like and then I'm like, what's going on? And he goes, oh, never mind. I love everything you do. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, honey. I love everything you do, too. <laughs> right? It, it's just, I know, it's it's just it, it's just really sweet like that. It's like I, I love everything you do. And you know, that was that that's the way. It's like we we think we don't love what the person is doing, whatever the person is, whatever the person seems to be doing. And that's why that that's why things don't last. That that's why these these relatings they don't last. Or if they do last, they turn into some sour thing, right? Where people aren't communicating anymore. Uh, people are just feeling like they they're stuck. For instance, stuck in a relationship. You're never stuck. There can't be a, that. There can't be a thing because you're dreaming about this relationship. You're dreaming it up, right? So you're not stuck in it, and it and and it can change at any time. But it's the kind of thinking that I have to get away from this, and I know that suffering so freaking well. Okay. I was talking about it last week when I got back from Chicago. Um, and you know, I was staying in a, in a mansion in, Ch- in Chicago and I come into my house and all of a sudden nothing's fucking good enough for me anymore. Like, <laughs> it's like, and I'm see, I, I see this, I see this very clearly <laughs> for what it is. But still, there's a nervous system reaction occurring and giving me an opportunity to see more, right? Because there's something that I'm not seeing underneath the surface. That's why I feel upset, right? Now, if I wanted to, if I wanted to, even right now, because I'm still pretty good looking in my view, (laughs) I can hook a rich dude. Right. 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 I can just put an ad out somewhere. Hey, rich dude, check this out. You know, (laughs) looking at and looking for a rich sugar daddy or whatever, you know, you can do that. But will that, will that be the thing? Will that, will, will that satisfy? Of course not. I don't even have to entertain that thought. I don't even have to entertain it. But see, also the thinking, once again, it's not, it's not you. Let's say that it's not even coming from you in the sense 
that it's an ego thought. Okay. So in knowing that it's not coming from you, you can just see it as meaningless. You know, these are the kinds of thoughts that circulate everyone's mind. Okay. It's not spoken because people are embarrassed about it. They're embarrassed about it because they think the thought is actually their thought. It's not your thought. It's the ego's thought. You get all kinds of insane thoughts coming up in your consciousness all the time. And your unwillingness to look on them is causing them to be repressed. Okay. Knowing that the thoughts are not personal and, and not having anything to do with me, they have nothing to do with me because this body has nothing to do with me, allows me to observe them as they are. Okay. And since everyone experiences the effects of my seeing, I'm so glad that I can witness those thoughts and recognize them as meaningless because that does help everyone else to see whether they ever communicate with me or not. That's the thing. It's like when you're willing to bring your body to be used toward healing, you're not anxious about the way in which it's used. Okay, that means that I could be sitting alone in a room, never interacting with people ever at all, and my body will still be used for healing because that's my decision, right? It's all mental. You know, we were talking about freedom this weekend and what it means to be free, right? When we think of freedom, we automatically think of freedom of the body. Like the freedom is I can, like, let's say, live in this world without getting a vaccine, for instance. (laughs) That's not even it. That's not even the freedom. Or, uh, you know, or for instance, I'm free to go around fucking everyone, right? That's not it. That's not the freedom. The freedom is freedom in the mind. It's freedom. It's, it's your freedom to observe what arises in the mind and be detached from it, making a choice for the truth. That's the freedom. So that's why I say, man, once if, if I'm making the decision, I'm making that decision. Once that decision is made that my body is to be used for healing and nothing else and nothing else, then I'm free. You know why? Because I'm not getting any upset feelings. Look it. The confinement in the mind is manifesting. The first manifestation of self-imprisonment is an upset feeling. That's how you know, right? <laughs> and if you're if you're if your partner or partners, plural, which it seems to be, if they're reacting to you with an upset feeling, look at your reaction to that. Notice how your reaction is to that. Are you reacting with compassion, right? Or are you, you know, and the reaction, it's a feeling, it's a feeling, okay? Is there compassion coming up in you or is it resistance, all right? If it's resistance, then your mind just needs correction. All that takes is another decision to have it corrected, 
but how can you know your, your mind needs correction without an upset feeling too, you know? So, so it's like gratitude for the upset feeling because it's what, because of what it's revealing to you. Okay. So I love how that brings me to vaccines, the medical establishment, that kind of stuff. Cause I have one friend, uh, who reached out to me this weekend and, you know, he was really upset. He was crying and stuff um, because he just talked to uh, a doctor and a doctor told him uh, that part of his heart, a large part of his heart is dead. It's actually dead. And it's not if he's going to have a heart attack, it's when. And the solution to that uh, is to install something in there, uh, which involves cutting, basically, you know, surgery cutting and to, to install something in there. So basically it will awaken the heart. Now, here's the thing with, uh, with, with this idea that people could play God like that. Okay. It's just, we're afraid of, uh, of the, of the body's vulnerability. Okay. We're just afraid of the of body's vulnerability. So what do we do? We set up doctors as a device. They are being used by our mind as a device to tell us that our body is vulnerable and also to give us a solution to it. Okay. There's another distraction. Speaking of distractions, once again, to give us a solution and the solution is always, almost always poison in the form of medication. All medication is uh, technically poison um, or cutting which is basically doing violence. Okay. So, you know, it really, both of them are doing violence. So that's the solution. That's the ego solution. The medical establishment that we set up with the ego is showing us the ego solution. So, you know, one thing I told my friend is the doctor doesn't know what they're looking at. It's impossible for anything dead you know, the body isn't alive or dead. Okay. Uh, they, they think they're seeing something that's dead. It's really just like dormant energy because even to perceive something that's dead, it's energy. That's why, um, you know, ultimately we can raise the dead. Okay. It's just that we don't believe it. And that's why we don't see it. Okay. So it's since we could raise a whole dead body, right? <laughs> because it's not really dead. It was never alive either. It's only a projection. All right. Same thing with the heart. It's only a projection. So, uh, so when the doctor's saying to you that, you know, this is the case and my mom just went through this too. It was like, it's not about if this is going to happen again for gallstones it's when, so we just need to take your gallbladder out. That way you don't have to deal with that at all. (laughs) Well, uh, don't worry. We do gallbladder, gallbladder surgeries all the time. This is what we do. Yes, I'm sure you do. <laughs> right. It's and and you know, it's tied to it's tied to money, it's tied to profit, right? And and the medical establishment is interesting this way. My brother works in the medical field, okay. And one thing he doesn't do is use their services. You know why he doesn't use their services? Because he's well aware that the bottom line is profit. Okay. With the bottom line being profit, all they can do is keep people sick. 
Okay. Because that, because that's really the trajectory we need to keep people sick. Okay. Uh, let's, let's go just like, just to touch on the AIDS topic. Okay. Uh, the AIDS topic, that's not really a thing. Okay. Even in the illusory world, the person who invented the test that tells you that you have AIDS said, you can look it up, said that that is not a way to diagnose. That's not an effective diagnostic tool. Okay. So by giving that diagnosis, then what does it open up the way for? Lots of expensive ass drugs. If you don't pay for it, someone does. Okay. Uh, also, all drugs have have a side effect. Okay. They all they all not not just not just a side effect, a shitload of side effects. You know what the most common one is? Is depression. Depression, confusion. You know, it's mental. It's mental. That's a, like, and and look, the drugs they can't really affect you negatively or positively. They actually can't do anything to you. And that includes a vaccine. That actually includes the vaccine. Okay. Even though we're seeing sudden uh, died suddenly over and over again. Okay. Even though we're seeing that uh, people are just like healing over all the time. Right. It's not really the vaccine. It's fear. Okay. And it's, and it's fear that's driving people to, to use doctors as a device to play God, to try to sustain the body. Right. And, and, and here's the thing. It, it's like in taking no concern for a body and taking no concern for it, you're calling on the one physician. Okay. You're taught, you're calling on the real physician and that physician is healing to the mind. The body doesn't need any healing. And, and see when the mind is that when the mind is healed, it's just willing to have the body be used for healing. Right. And in that, when the mind is fully willing to have the body be used for healing, it can't be perceived as unhealed. It really can't be perceived that way. So so you can you can see the game that's being played here, can't you? Uh, it's it's like it's like here's this fear of you have AIDS, for instance, or you have a dead heart, for instance, or um, you're going to get more gallstones, for instance, um, that'll that'll make you, uh, you know, this is this is the hope coming from the ego that it'll make you acquiesce to whatever the treatment protocol is. Right. I, I guess I better do that. Otherwise, I'm going to die. Right. Or otherwise, this body is going to die. I guess I better do that. Um, and the funny thing is that the solution in a, in, in, a, in, a, in a physical sense, the apparent solution, let's say, can be very loving. Like for my mom, you know, I talked to my mom today. It's been, I don't know, maybe like a couple months or something like that. Um, she went to the hospital with these gallstones. She's like, Oh, hope I'm in so much pain. I can't even, she didn't call me ahead of time before she was in the hospital. She probably would have never gone there in the first place, but, <laughs> but you know, that wasn't the trajectory that day. She, she was meant to have that experience. Um, so, so she went in there and, and they gave her an IV. And then once she got hydrated, she just started passing. She, she passed a stone, I think maybe one stone. And then the pain wasn't there anymore. So she didn't feel like it was so urgent. So she said no to that. I'm not going to get my gallbladder taken out. And I talked to her today and she goes, I am just so certain that I'm never going to get another one of those again. You know, because I told her, go home and have apple cider vinegar drinks each morning 
drink two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar, two tablespoons of honey, and the rest warm water, like two cups of warm water. Okay. This is just a real easy way to soften things up. And you know, this kind of easy solution, simple, natural solution is available for every single thing that ails you. Um, because, because look, the body isn't true. And the natural world is given you as cure. That's also something that's, that's shown in the Bible too, that it says in the Bible. Um, again, I don't know it verbatim, um, but it's something about for anything that ails you, there is a, um, something of the earth that can bring about the healing. And it's not really even that thing of the earth. It's just that thing is gentle right? It's a, it's something natural that's been given you. It's something that's, that's nice and gentle for you. It's not, doesn't involve drugs with a side effects. Um, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't involve getting cut. Right. Um, so a lot of this, and you know, if you look at, you know, you start researching, you've got to go, go deep with some alternative kind research though. But, you know, even back in the eighties, it's been, you know, when, when the whole AIDS thing was like called an epidemic, remember the AIDS epidemic, those of us around my age, know because no one wanted to have any sex with you without using a condom. Right. <laughs> and if they did, you're like, ah, oh, I don't know. <laughs> For some reason, I never believed in that thing, even though I didn't know about, um, about the kind of like the wool that was being pulled over everyone's eyes at that time. Um, but I was just fine with not using a condom. If I had sex, I was just totally fine with that because I was just sure that that was not a thing. Uh, you know, and, and I'd have gay guys get pissed at me. You could probably imagine I'm like in my early twenties and I'm telling them, dude, you don't have AIDS. Don't fucking listen to that. Get off those drugs. Okay. The drugs are having a side effect. All right. That's all, you know, it's like, it's like you go in there and one day they, uh, they, uh, assess that you fucking have fewer, uh, white white blood cells and then make that diagnosis to you. And then all of a sudden you're in line with that and you're believing it. You don't even realize how powerful your belief is. This is a thing that was told to gay people specifically, but fucking will get you AIDS. Okay. Uh, and, and what a guilty thing this is, right? <laughs> No right it's a no called a no see that's called a nocebo and you know it was uh, it, it was something to uh to propagate guilt and you know and, and it's it, it's not there's no change there's no change today even even as you know it seems like there's all this acceptance the lbgtq and all that kind of stuff all that stuff is a facade so people can be poisoned even more. Okay. Now it's going to the whole population. That's all. <laughs> it's, it started like that and that was accepted as a thing. And now it's going to the whole population. You're all diseased and you all need these shots. And, uh, you know, what, what's the, what's the apparent outcome? People are dropping like flies, man. It is a trip kids, whatever. It's just like, and, and, you know, if there was, a, if there were people uh, dropping dead like this, it's a new thing is called died suddenly. The establishment would like you to believe that this is a normal thing for people to just be dying su suddenly like this. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that, that that's now to be accepted, to just be accepted as, uh, how we, how we do it. Okay. Um, <laughs> at this, 
Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're just like driving or something. And, you know, or, or you, one of the, one of the things that seems to be the case is where you take the vaccine and then you work out. <laughs> All right. And then, and, and then, yeah, you work out and then, yeah. And then you work out and then you, again, seem to get a heart attack again there's no heart attack still it's still just fear playing out right it's still just like that so it's like i relate relate this stuff to my friend maybe not that uh, not not that much like i did to you guys right now um but you know my friend is who's like really sweet and and definitely wants to know the truth he's just like just keep talking hope just keep on talking uh, so i can hear this because when i hear this i feel it and i feel better you know and and then the next day he told me you know what i just realized that i was using and this is really good you know he saw this he said i just realized that i was using what the doctor was telling me to make me feel like I haven't been faithful enough. See the guilty thing? It's like, it, it, it's like, shoot, what is this body for again? You know, it's like when when we're when we're willing to recognize what it's for, who cares what the diagnosis is? I'll tell you what, if if my if, if doctor tells me that uh you know, it's not, it's not if, but when you're going to have a heart attack and it's like, oh, okay, well, we'll do that without getting any more cuts or anything like that. You know, well, we'll, we'll just, we'll just do that uh, heart attack scenario uh, in that way without getting any more cuts. Another friend was telling me that, uh, that, you know, her father, she had to tell her father that, um, that he's got to stay in the hospital. Right. Because, you know, he wanted to go home. He got the sense that he was dying. Right. So he wanted to go home and be with his family. I know I get the sense last time I've been in a hospital. I don't know. But but um, when I was when I was giving birth in the hospital with Akea, the first thing I wanted to do was leave the hospital. And you know what? That made him suspicious of me. Mm. And that made him keep my baby. And oh, you're free to leave. But your baby is going to stay in the hospital right? Because we need to test your baby to make sure you're not a drug addict because it's really weird that you want to leave the hospital, right? And I'm just like 20, 19, almost 20 years old at the time, right? And I'm just kind of like, there's just kind of like a feeling where it's like, hmm, that really doesn't feel feel right, but oh, well, let's go get something to eat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they're going to let her out soon because I haven't been on any drugs. I just wanted to get the fuck out of there. <laughs> didn't, didn't even take their drugs that they wanted to give me. <laughs> just trying to get out of there. <laughs> right. Uh, but then, uh, but then it occurred to me, oh, this is a, this is a thing where you're supposed to be okay with being in the hospital, but you know what? We're just naturally not, we want to go home. Right. It's like we it's like we get the scent and, and it takes fear to keep you there. Oh, no, you can't go home now. He's got this. And it's like, hey, can he just have his his wishes? Yeah, he can. And it makes it seem like you can't take the fucker out. Like, can he just have his own? Can he, can he just have his own wishes? It's like no respect for the dying. No respect for that. It's like, and, and you know what? There isn't really dying, but a person is perceiving that they are 
they're having that perception. It's like, that's where compassion really comes in. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, there's, there's all kinds of fear that goes along with that. And just to be, you know, in the comfort of your home around your family, who knows the, the infection may not may even take care of your of itself in that way. You may find yourself at home and find yourself with, with more life in you, you know? Uh, and the, you don't, the other thing is with an infection, we know this firsthand, you don't need a bunch of antibiotics, you know, um, that's gotta be some kind of heresy to say something like that. This is why Venmo and PayPal do not allow me to receive payments through them. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. This is the reason why, because what the things I say don't agree with the world health health organization. It offends their sensibilities. Okay. This is the reason. Well, you know what? There's, there's a, I'll tell you what, they're all up in the business. Oh yes. They know, they know. Uh, And, and, you know, it's like, the, yeah, we set it up like this. We set it up like this so that so that um, there's a sense like you can't say certain things, okay? Because it's like be quiet, and that was a sense I got too from someone today on one of my posts when I was talking about um, when I uh, well, I read you guys that one earlier about the five thousand dollars. You know, uh, that was a sense I got too. Is you know you should just shut the fuck up about that stuff. Because that's very judgmental what you're saying, you know, you should just shut the fuck up. And it's like, it's like, as if, as if there's no choice to be made here, there's no choice between truth and illusion. See, and and that's, that's the same thing. It's like, it's like when a doctor is talking to you, they're basically telling you, you have no choice. You go with what I say that, and that's this fear based regimen that I'm giving you right now. And, you know, what I tell my friends is you can get off that train anytime. And it's not a physical refusal. The physical refusal comes from seeing. Okay. So you can get off that train anytime by willingness to see that whatever they're telling you about your body is not one bit true. Okay. You have never changed. And your body is only a reflection of how you've been taught to think. Okay. So it's the way you think about it. It's the way you think about yourself as if I have this particular disease or I have uh, deadness in my body, the body, no part of it is dead or alive. It's a projection. Anything that appears dead is dormant and can come back to life. Okay. (laughs) Apparently. And remember, it's not alive. So it's kind of funny when we're talking about this thing. It's like, it's really not alive. Okay. So pursuing a healthy body is terribly unhealthy for the mind. (laughs) Even just pursuing a healthy body, really. You know, it's like, (laughs) I know (laughs) it's like, what am I going to do if I'm not pursuing a healthy body? Isn't that what I do all day? Right. (laughs) I'm reading the ingredients on the shit I'm eating and, you know, just like all the different things. Um, You know, I'm not saying that you shouldn't read the ingredients on the things you're eating. I find myself doing that too. You know, it's just that it's, you don't get there from there. That's just a manifestation. 
Okay. Even the willingness to care to read the ingredients is a manifestation. All right. Um, I was, I was sharing with my husband. I was like, Hey, did you notice that neither one of us are drawn to fast food anymore? Like, I don't know when this freaking happened. I don't know when this happened, but at some point that wasn't a treat to us anymore. You know, it used to be that it was a treat. We used to even have a thing called cheat day, you know, where we would, uh, we would basically eat according to what we thought was the good, healthy way of eating all week long. And then one or two days a week, we'd eat whatever we wanted. And we would find ourselves just like eating some like fast food, whatever, you know, going out and whatever, just different things like, and, you know, finding ourselves driving by fast food places during the week when we're on our thing and using willpower to not go in there and get that thing. And at some point that just changed, that just flipped. The same thing occurs for your desire or seeming need for medical drugs. The same thing occurs. It's just a matter of time. And it's like holding it gent- gently too. Like even when you take that drug, you know, and a- acknowledging that you're taking it because you think that it could be helpful, right? Acknowledging that you're taking it because you think that it could be helpful, but you're wrong. It cannot really be helpful. Also, you get to see that the underlying uh, meaning of it is for poisoning your mind, right? The underlying meaning of it is for making you fearful. Anything that says you have to be on this for the rest of your life is obviously like that, okay? Um, Leah was just sharing with me about uh, she was dyeing her hair, right? And 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 there's not with the chemical kind, not that it matters, but you know, she's using henna and doing her hair and to cover up the gray. And then she's like, it comes to, wait a minute, am I going to do this for the rest of my life? And like, whenever more gray pops up, am I just going to like have to do this again and again and again? And that's where, you know, it's like, and and that's really the, the turn. It's like, you know, how I put it is you jump off that train. It's like, you just jump off that train. You go on the train for a little while and then you just jump off of it. It's like, oh no, I don't need, Oh gosh, that's one less thing to do, actually. (laughs) One less mess to make, one less thing to think about. Oh my God, are my gray showing again? Right. (laughs) And (laughs) and let it and let it come out gray. And it's funny because just yesterday, um, before Leah shared this with me, um, I was at this silent disco adventure. And one of the women there was probably like around our age, who knows? Um, and she had all gray hair, really cute, really bouncy. Um, Anne's got it going too. And gosh, it's just so pretty. Like, what is the problem with this too? You know, and also, you know, it occurred to me how pretty the wrinkles are too. It's like, you know what? This is freaking awesome. It's like, it's like, it's like we're conditioned to, to, to perceive things as if they're bad. Now, I don't want to encourage you to like, you know, using the metaphor, paint lipstick on a pig, for instance. (laughs) But, you know, (laughs) these lines and stuff that uh, that appear 
they are they're indicators of what we've been through you know they're indicators of that and that is absolutely beautiful and it's so funny because when i was walking around the farmers market uh, and i saw people of all different ages it started to occur to me and i was like oh wow it's like and at the same time every wrinkle is an indication of a mistaken belief and it could be that and lovely at the same time isn't that amazing so 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 like for me the way i look at it is like when i have a when i i perceive wrinkle and i do i perceive them you probably can look at me right now and go yep i see you could some right there you know and and it's like when when there's the perception of wrinkles it's like oh that's just hardness it's denseness it's density. And that's what we do. We accumulate density as we go through the life. You know, ultimately, when we perceive ourselves without a form that we made, there's no possibility for any wrinkles. Right. And that's because it, that's because the form, I don't, I don't even know if you can call it a form, but the form, and I'm just going to use that word for the moment for articulation, the form in which we're created uh, doesn't have any need for wrinkles and there's not a possibility of a wrinkle or anything like that because why? Because it's completely in alignment with what's true. Okay. So it's holding ourselves out of alignment with what's true that manifests the wrinkles. And yet that is so beautiful. Uh, our, our journey, uh, through this imaginary world is just gorgeous. And I don't feel like it's taking away from anyone's beauty. That's the thing. I just see them and, it, and, and it's like, wow, they're so beautiful. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. Um, so when you notice that it's a mind that's holding out and, and, you know, wrinkles are an indication to the mind that, you know, death is coming. <laughs> the thing is falling apart here, but you know what? We don't have to believe in that. And that's really what makes it ugly. Right. And, you know, even though, um, even, even though our bodies even become deformed and that is the way to say it, it's deformed, um, because, because it's like, uh, it, it's like, it's like this, gr the growth on the bone, you know, I noticed one, uh, one person yesterday just had an extra, like a bump right here, you know, like right on the chest, just like an extra bump right, right there. And that extra bump is accumulation of mental patterns manifest. And this is fascia that's building up. The fascia is just a manifestation of that. That doesn't take away from the beauty though, because the beauty is the lifetime going through the lifetime and having those, all those experiences. And even the accumulation is just propped up so that it could be released and in me as as perceiving uh as being identified as a perceiver that's perceiving something outside of myself which includes my own body i'm perceiving that outside of my it's outside of the mind see uh, your own body is also outside of the mind the entire per perception is a projection so knowing that it's coming from my own mind it's like obviously I want to see it like that because I want to see what needs to be released. It's always released from my own mind. 
And, you know, the colors, the colors that we seem to see, like, like hair color, for instance, are nothing like the colors that we can see with our real eyes. It's nothing like the colors. It's like, you know, I've been given a glimpse of it and it's like the hair color is like nothing you can imagine. Like the actual hair color, it is so uh, out of this world, just out of this world color, okay? It's like multicolored and all the colors and translucent. And that's how our bodies are too. It's like we, we set it up so that we even have these different body colors, you know, and that's supposed to be a substitute for our reality, right? And our reality is just beyond, it, it's, it's just so beautiful. So what I feel like is coming into my awareness right now is what's called the great rays. Um, because I can look on everyone and just see this great beauty within them, not, notwithstanding whatever seems to be on the surface, such that it's a limit, it's illuminating the surface so much that even though I can still perceive the lines and the apparent deformity and stuff like that, even that is being imbued with this light that makes it so beautiful. And this and the youthfulness is in seeing the child within everyone you know we've we've wrapped ourselves with all these thoughts that make us seem to not be children but nothing has changed we are still children of the creator and really there's only one of us um so you could say we are all the child of the creator having an experience as if we're not children of the creator anymore and that's why we're having these maladies and these different colors and things seem to be changing in our reality we're completely changeless okay and that's one thing that my friend saw who was going through the heart attack or you know he's probably fucking completely over it by now because he's that he's that aware (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he may be completely over it by now, <laughs> but you know, the one who's the one who was going through that sense that there's a heart attack. He's like, you know what? The, the Holy spirit told me and showed me that my heart is perfectly intact. And this heart that seems to be my heart, it's not meaningful. And that's really the thing. When you stop having concern over the physical heart, then you don't have to pursue ways to try to save your life by using a doctor, right? Now you have the real physician. And if it's time for the body to be laid down, that's easy. You know, it's like, there's all this fear of the body being laid down. It's like, it's it's a relief. It's a relief. We don't have to try to save it. And at the same thing, at the same time, all of this died suddenly bullshit is bullshit. (laughs) What's that? Thank you. That's a really good way to put it. He said, he said, we don't die when the body ceases to function. So this, you know, and it's so, it's so cute and funny too. Why did everyone get COVID vaccines in the first place? Fear. Yep. And to save the body. Right. It was a it was a it was a big 
push to save the body. And people have been so conditioned. Check this out, you guys. Tony told me this. The New York Times came out and said masks never worked. And then you know what he did? He saw it on, I know, the New York Times. Mass never worked. Thank you. Uh, we could have heard that news when it was breaking news. It's not really breaking news anymore, is it? You can smell that essential oil. Yeah. Yeah. Take my essential oil out. Hey, can you you can smell it right through the mask? <laughs> yeah, you're got you're getting everything. People are still driving around with their masks. Right. Well, well, one, well, one thing Tony told me that he he was reading the article online where they're, you know, they're, they're basically, yeah, they're, yeah, the New York Times finally, finally are, are saying, saying that, that the mask and, you know, of course, again, in case there's any doubt in your mind, I know that I made this up <laughs> and am making it up. Okay. So, so we use what we made up for healing all the time. Okay. So, so Tony, Tony starts reading the comments and he said, so many of the comments are arguing with the article. The people want it to still be true. And this is how conditioning is. This is how it is. It's like what I have based my entire fucking belief system on this around COVID that mass work. I've based my whole belief. I've, I've shamed people right? I've kicked people out of businesses for not wearing a mask. I've told people that they're killing everyone for not wearing a mask. No, 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 no. I don't accept it. They still work. I'm going to keep on, I'm going to keep on wearing them. I'm going to double down on this. And here's another thing. Here's another thing about masks. And this is interesting. If you test the blood, there's something called a pH balance in the blood. Mm -hmm. If you test the blood before you wear a mask and then wear a mask for, I don't know, 15 minutes or so, acidic. Mm -hmm. Uh, What's what's the state? What's the state the body needs to be in in the physical world to manifest disease? It needs to be acidic (laughs) to manifest, you know, in the physical sense. And acidity, again, is also projected by the mind. But what's making you acidic? What's making you wear a mask? Fear. Fear. Exactly. Fear is acidic. (laughs) I think it was all by design. It's all by design. That's exactly right. But the establishment, we set up like this because we wanted to believe that we're separate. So, you know, so, so what I encourage people to do is don't get caught up in thinking the, ex- the establishment is doing something to you. Like, how could they do this to us? They can't, they can't do it to us. Yeah, I did it. I did it. I did it to them. They think that they need to wear a mask, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I did it to those people who are driving around in a mask. That's you know what they're not even there. That it's it's the fear in my mind because they're experiencing the effects of my thinking. Okay, so in that way, I don't need to fucking maskers, right? Shame, sheep. Yeah, I call them sheep. They're experiencing right, right, because they're experiencing the effects of my thinking. You know what I go to is gratitude. Thank you for showing me that. 
right? And then I can connect with the people who are in a mask like they're not even in a mask. I can still connect with the people like that. It's like, it, it's great. <laughs> it's not like they're less than because they're wearing a mask, right? And at the same time, I can see that that's a manifestation of fearful thinking, of my fearful thinking. And so much of it is not revealed. And that's the thing. It's not revealed because it's not up on the surface. I'll know if it's fearful thinking, if I'm projecting that they're wearing a mask is wrong. Now, okay, that's where it is. That's where it gives me the opportunity. And everything that we perceive is only the past playing out. It's only past, it's like, it's past mistakes. It's past mistakes. So what I'm perceiving is my past mistakes. So that means that, that what is my goal then? To not keep making the same mistake. That's all. And, and, you know, the only reason that it's not easy to do is because I've been associated, identified with the perception. That's all like the perceivers, right? That what the perceiver thinks it's perceiving is really there, right? Like it's really there. So that just makes the whole thing so much more fun, doesn't it? But yeah, you know, you can get off those trains. I'm giving you permission right now. Um, there's not, a, you know, you know, there's the, there's this fear of if you don't take the drugs, this is going to happen. Look, you'll see your way for weaning yourself off or anything like that. I don't have any advice on that. I don't fucking know. I don't have never been on a drug uh, that made it seem like if I get off this drug, bad thing. Well, I can't say that. Actually, I was taking hormones. (laughs) And definitely when I was like, okay, I'm getting off this train. The doctor was like, oh, you're going to be tore back, right? You're definitely going to be tore back. Uh, don't, don't do that. Otherwise you're going to get, you're, you're going to be basically fucked up. And I was like, okay, but I'm just going to go with my guidance, you know, on that. And, um, yeah, I just don't buy into it. That's all. If I find myself being tore back, I don't make it because I need something right. Okay. I must need this thing. And it's not, it's not like that for me. If I find myself being tore back, it's like, again, what is the body for? What do I mean by tore back? Like I'm an old dish rag. That's uh, basically the way she she presented it to me. You're going to be like an old dish rag in just a few years. Yes. Isn't it great? I thought it was super kind because it was exactly what I needed to see. <laughs> it was, it was, it just clarified for me even more that that drug was not for me. <laughs> If that's why I would be taking it, it's like if if old dish rag is where I need to go, that's going to be used for healing. This dish rag, this old dish rag, (laughs) it's going to be the happiest old dish rag you ever saw. (laughs) And, and, you know, there's a part of me that just kind of like, you know, what a freaking relief. I don't have to try anymore, right? I don't have to try to be young or beautiful anymore. What a fucking relief. <laughs> you know? 
<laughs> you know, if aging needs to come, if lack of energy needs to come, if any of that stuff needs to come, why does that have to be my responsibility? You know, I, why do I have to be responsible for that? Right. Uh, it's a, it's like, and it, and it shows me how to see past all of these thoughts that, that are conditioning my mind. I mean, man, my mom had that conditioning so hard, right? It, it's like that, that came from my, my mom as I was growing up and, you know, probably ancestors, who knows down the road, oh, you're not going to survive if you are not in this kind of shape or this kind of form or um, if you're not desirable anymore or something like that. But man, just the sense that, uh, you don't have to be concerned about this thing and you don't have that kind of way where um, you, you've got you got people looking. For, I mean, even at this point in time, I got people like tell, telling me they want to have sex with me, which is kind of funny. But <laughs> I'm just like, what the fuck? I mean, did you see this? <laughs> That's the first thing that goes through my mind. <laughs> Like, <laughs> the very first thing that goes through of of all the, the options that you have <laughs> i mean i can see for my husband he's married to me and you know it's like it's like you know we're into each other <laughs> but it's like it's like hilarious it's like it's like this idea that what happens when you're not desired anymore it's like really you know what you know, what happens is you can get even more in tune with what this body is for. And that is uh, such a joy. You know, there's this fear of losing the image that you seem to have. Uh, but once you get past that, once you get past that fear, you see that, oh my gosh, this is beautiful. And you can really enjoy that aspect of your parody of a life <laughs> where you seem to be going downhill. <laughs> <laughs> and you know and allowing yourself all kinds of relief i mean for me i just i just love to relax i noticed that i was up in the middle of the night last night or maybe it was an early morning and i was just like uh laying there just feeling so relaxed and that came right on the heels of this sense of just like this sense of extreme fear Cause like I had looked in the mirror the day before and I don't know if I was too close to the mirror or what, but I got this sense like, Oh no, Oh no, Oh no. <laughs> and you know, I know that this is something that's just uh, circulating the mind. And I was talking with another friend of mine the other day, uh, she was going, gosh, uh, I was going through this thing and it was like last, last, lasting all week. And then I just got the victory. And you know what a really big part of it is on top of that, I'm fucking ugly now. And I'm like, me too. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's like, and the more upset you get, the uglier you seem to look. <laughs> when you're younger, you don't look so ugly. It's <laughs> so good. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And then what do I do? Go out and get a bunch of sun all over myself, which definitely isn't advisable for a woman my age. <laughs> In fact, to get a sunburn right on my face. <laughs> oh, that's great. So uh, uh, thank you so much, everyone. Thank you. I appreciate you joining. It's really a blessing. <laughs>
I'm really, uh, I'm really stoked for all the perceptions um, that I'm having. Um, people, you know, popping up in my field, telling me that they're getting these diagnoses, and people popping up in my field, um, telling me that I'm judgmental, and you know, just all the different things. It just gives you exactly what you need. Everything is a lesson, you know. Everything is to show you something about yourself. And in that, there's just no need to judge the the perceiving or the perceiver, right? And, and you know, someone telling you you're judgmental too is to make you think that you're judgmental. It's to make you get on that wave like you're ju- judgmental. You made them say that to you. You are not capable of judgment. Isn't that so fun? (laughs) So you don't have to be afraid of uh, pointing things out, for instance. You don't have to be afraid of pointing things out like, oh, that's a distraction. There's a distraction. Okay. It's not, it's not like you can be judgmental, but if you're not aware of your need for salvation, everyone who's perceiving has a need for salvation. If you're not aware of your need for salvation, then you'll keep quiet so that you can please people, right? And why would you please people? Because you think that benefits you. Okay. But if you really want to be a benefit to yourself and everyone else, you will tell the truth. Okay. And the truth is that there are two guides in the mind. All right. One is the ego, the guide you made. And one is what can be called the Holy Spirit. You don't have to call it that if it doesn't resonate with you. Okay. You can call it something like the good guide or something like that. Um, So, so it's like, there's, two guides in the mind. And, you know, you will not recognize that you can make a choice between these two guides unless you'll first acknowledge that there are two voices speaking to you. All right. Until you're willing to recognize there are two voices. Now, anything that tries to tell you that anything you perceive is wrong, that's the ego. Okay, that's the ego's voice. The Holy Spirit is always going to show you that what you're perceiving is maximally healing. That's the message, that it's maximally healing whatever you're perceiving. Also, the Holy Spirit is going to point out what the uh, what is a distraction, okay? And the way the Holy Spirit is going to point that out to you is if you ask. That's all. Just ask. You can even ask in Jesus name too, if that resonates with you. Okay. uh, What? Or Buddha. Buddha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. Or Homer Simpson. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I definitely find with, I, you know, I, I was sharing with my friend last night that Jesus is definitely my favorite and I'll tell you why Jesus is my favorite. Okay. Because in the story of Jesus, he resurrected. Okay. There's no other story like that uh, about the resurrection. Okay. Every other that I've heard, I may, I I may not have heard them all. Okay. That's possible. Um, Every other story that I've heard, a body lays down, dies and never gets up again. 
Okay. In the Jesus story, there's the resurrection. Okay. Also, um, Jesus, as far as, um, you know, a lot of people think he died on the cross. He didn't die on the cross. He didn't actually die. And the reason he didn't die, uh, no one can really die, but he didn't even get the sense of dying. Okay. He didn't get the a sense of dying, right? Like that, like, like it's like he's losing anything because there was forgiveness from that position on forgive them, father. They know not what they do. Okay. Now that's the same thing you can use for, uh, you know, these false teachings, you know, someone, someone gave me a little bit of a, uh, seeming condemnation for saying that there are false, even saying that there are false teachings. Uh, he said, well, that's, that's saying that they're true teachings too. I'm like, yes, that is exactly what I'm saying. I'm like, not <laughs> trying to say something other than that, that we are, yes, there are, there are definitely false teachings. Okay. Plenty of them. And in fact, it took a whole shitload of false teachings to get the perception that we're in these bodies. All right. So the way out is to accept the true teaching and that's not popular. All right. That's not popular with the ego. All right. That's not going to get you your, uh, that's not going to get you to your, uh, seeming desires. Okay. That's not going to build up your, your pleasure centers or whatever. You know, you're always going to get, you're always going to get pleasure as long as, uh, there's joy and there's joy as long as you would use the body for awakening the mind and not for anything else. Okay. That's really where you're going to get pleasure is really like, a um, it's like a reflection of joy. Let's say it's like that of pleasure is a reflection a reflection of joy. So that being said, the pleasure that I experience in sexual relating with my husband and knowing that's a reflection of the joy, there's no guilt in that. And there's no need for me to pursue it. I don't have a need to pursue bodies to get that again. And I'll tell you what, the pleasure is like up through the fucking roof. Uh, you know, you, you might think if you, if you experience that kind of pleasure that you would want to get that again and again and again, right. But I don't have a need for that because I know from where it comes too. I know where it comes from. So I don't find myself. Oh yeah. I got to get that again. I just find myself in that. And it's, and you know, it's, it's awesome. It's, uh, it's blissful. Uh, It's, it's, it's wonderful because of where it's coming from, right? It's not really, uh, it's not really from whatever the friction, like, you know, there's a, uh, the, whatever's touching, whatever. I'm not going to get too graphic on you guys. (laughs) My husband would appreciate that. But it's actually, you know, it's actually coming from the mind. And as much as I need to find myself in that situation, I will find myself in that situation. I don't need to go pursuing it, not even with my own partner. It just arises when it needs to. Okay. Um, and, and with that, yay, everyone. <laughs> I love you. Yes. We're already at 510. Yes. Um, so couple ways you can support me, um, doing wisdom dialogues, whatever, 
Um, you can go to wisdom di- or not wisdom dialogues. You can go to miraclebotanicals.com. Check out my essential oils. I was in a farmer's market this week and you guys, I'll tell you every single one of those essential oils that I picked up were not real essential oils. Okay. This is going on all over the place in the industry. It's kind of like looking like the medical industry to me, um, where there is just false essential oils arising all over the place. And what's going on is people don't know they're, they want an aroma. They want to, they want an aroma. They want to believe that there is a blue Lotus essential oil. There is not a blue Lotus essential oil. You can get blue Lotus as a CO2 extract. It's ridiculously expensive. It's like way, way up there. I don't even carry it because of that. Um, but who knows? I might start carrying it. I might get a small amount. Um, there's not the essential oil of it. You will be paying like a mofo if you, um, if you get that one, there are a lot that are, that, um, that are real, true, pure, uh, therapeutic grade, um, essential oils that are very economical too. So check out miraclebotanicals.com. Uh, we've been in the business for a long time, so we know how to test them. There's certain tests that can be done. Um, we don't test them ourselves lab tested. Thank you. I love you, Asana. Uh, they're lab tested to make sure there's not these kinds of chemicals, the same kind of chemicals you find in medical drugs. They're the same kinds of chemicals. We had some of these false essential oils, uh, tested and, and, uh, and looking up some of the chemicals that came out of that. And, and, and it's like, those should not be anywhere near, uh, according to science, a human, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, so it's kind of like, it's kind of like the same thing with that too. You know, if you want plant medicine, if you want natural plant medicine, um, miracle botanicals. MiracleBotanicals.com. It's natural plant medicine. You might be really su- surprised. I mean, I was picking up, first thing I picked up, oh, Buddha wood. I know what that smells like. I smell it. I'm like, I even told the person that's not Buddha wood. I don't know what that is, but that's not Buddha wood. And it's got some kind of synthetic in it because it's got a perfumey aroma. You know, amber, for instance, there's no such thing as an amber essential oil. That's not a possibility. Tony, research that up and down. You think, you don't think we want to carry it? We would love to carry it if it was a real essential oil, right? <laughs> so, so if you want them, if you want the real plant, plant medicine, uh, miraclebotanicals.com. Um, as far as donating to me money, I don't really care about that. I I, I love it. I love it. I, I feel like it's a really nice je- gesture and I appreciate it and, and it's fine. Um, you can do it by Venmo. It's something like Hope Johnson seven. I think there's some dashes in there and shit. Um, But, you know, one thing that would be really amazing, that would be a really wonderful donation to Wisdom Dialogues is some technical support. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like for getting these videos, um, because I haven't been ha- having videos for you guys in a while. You know, I, I don't have a place to put them right now. I haven't been drawn toward doing the technical stuff. So if there's something where you feel like you'd like to donate, even if you feel like you'd like to donate money and there's, you know, a way that you can get, do the technical stuff or hire someone to, the, to do the technical stuff or something like that, that would be just amazing. 
Yeah. And, you know, at the same time, I do appreciate money. It's not like it's not like I'm saying, no, don't give it to me. That's fine with me. Um, That's a that's a wonderful way to show support. And, you know, it's it's like like I said, it's not going to help you get there any faster. And that's that's the thing about money and um, people parting with money. They're expecting to get something in return for it. You're not going to get in this case anything in return for it, not even enlightenment. Okay, and that's really that that's really the main reason and the main thing that I want to put across. Yes, I will great gratefully accept it. And some people are are having one on ones with me and giving me a monetary donation for that. Yes, I gratefully accept that. And also, you know, if you don't seem to have whatever means it is to have a monetary donation, I'm still available to you. That's the that's the other thing that I like to make really clear. Okay. So thank you, everyone. I love you. I appreciate you joining. And I will return again uh, next week. Feel free to um, email me at hope johnson at me.com or hope at miraclebotanicals.com with any questions you want me to address next next week too and i love you and i'll see you soon mahalo aloha and a hui ho yay i learned that on hawaiian airlines